Dear Fopsy, I'm a newly engaged Christian man who loves his fiancée very much, but because of my past sexual sin, I'm scared that sex with my future wife will cause an unhappy marriage and um, I'm really looking for advice. This guy's story is really interesting and it's a fear that not a lot of people share because Christians don't have sex before marriage, which is a blessing, but it can feel very scary because it feels like there's a lot of unknowns, but we're going to dive into his story today. He shares more details and um, we're going to talk about how to gauge sexual compatibility if you don't get to have sex before marriage and how to have the conversation about sex expectations, aka your sex expectations, uh, before you get married. Before I got married myself, I had thoughts of this because I really... I felt like if you're going to wait that whole time, sex better be good. And also wrestling with the idea that you don't know what you're getting into. But I'm going to talk about all of it today. So enough of this preamble. <laughs> so here's his story. My fiancé and I recently got engaged after a little over a year of dating. We are both 27. She's a virgin. I unfortunately am not. I have told her about my numerous past sexual partners and we worked through it. She wasn't happy about it, but forgave me because I forgive myself as Christ forgives us. We're both aligned on the Christian faith and its importance in our relationships. So no premarital sex, no living with each other and serving one another. We recently set a date for our wedding for next June. We'll be going through three different versions of premarital counseling. We don't think more can hurt. Okay, here's a dilemma. I'm scared out of my mind that as we head into our wedding and future married life, our sex life will be unsatisfactory, which will lead to an unhealthy marriage. Considering I have sexual experience, I know what amazing sex can be like. And I also know what horrible sex can be like. Sexual chemistry is a real thing, I think. Because we haven't had sex yet, I technically can't know if my future wife is asexual. Asexual? We've had discussions about this and she says she's not, but sometimes I don't think she's attracted to me or wants to have sex with me. Interesting. So he says solutions. I've been in deep prayer about this, but still I'm wrestling with this quite a bit. Is this something that is discussed in premarital counseling? Am I thinking about this the right way? Am I crazy? I want to have great sex life in the future with my wife. But really, I'm just scared of the unknown and having to place my trust in God here. Okay. I hate having past sexual experience to base all of this on. It's a side effect of past sexual sin and I hate it. I would, I wish I would have saved myself for her because I really do love her. I'm desperate for any thoughts, advice, book, recommendations, podcasts, anything. I got you. As much as I want to be excited about this new season of my life, I can't help but think about this future problem. That hasn't even happened yet. Okay. So that's a very interesting thing. So let's get into it. You're asking a very valid question and it's an important topic to talk about, especially knowing that this is some someone you're going to be having sex with for the rest of your life. In a lot of ways, your sexual future is in their hands. So valid question that you're asking. And yes, you add to your other question, is this something that will be discussed in marriage counseling? Absolutely. Um, sex is a big part of being married and you're having multiple counselors, I think three counselors. So you will have this discussion to different degrees. I think it's one of the big topics in premarital counseling, but 
the degree to which you talk about it really depends on your marriage counselor and their comfort with talking about sex and you know how comfortable they are in just even hearing you guys talk about your issues together some of those concerns you've raised as well but i think that with the multiple counselors that you're having the bible literally says in the multitude of counsel there is safety so there's a good chance that at least one of them would be able to help you find the answers that you're you're looking for but my recommendation would really be to um instead of trying to do multiple ones and having to keep up with it i don't know what your structure is i would have just you know sampled them and found a really solid counselor and then committed to that one um and then beyond that i would take this matter into your hands quite literally um go find books and resources that you can walk through individually and as a couple that can help you dive into some of those topics of you know past sexual sin past sexual experiences how it can influence your marriage um what to do to prepare to actually have a good sexual life and i have more of these resources at the end of this episode so stick around for them I think we should also go deeper into this, your past. Like, it's a big deal to have had sex. It is one of the many ways in which the world is broken and we have people have sinned. But don't let the guilt eat you up. Don't let it affect every single thing you're doing um, in the future. You've forgiven yourself. You've said Christ has forgiven you. God always forgives us of our sins. So maybe it's time to let it go as well so it doesn't keep eating you up. Beyond the counseling you're getting right now for your wedding and towards your marriage, I would say to find an older, wiser counselor, preferably a man that you can talk to as well personally about this and just learn, you know, how do you deal with the fact that you've not, you're not going to just have had sex with your wife, but this is not an unusual problem. Like people, many, many people have had sexual experiences and you're going to have to watch against, you know, comparison, comparing your current partner with your past partners you already say you know what's good sex is well good for you i guess but you don't necessarily know because you've not had sex with this person so this new person you have to learn her so i'm like watch out for the tendency to feel like you already know what good is and that you're coming in here as the experienced one so she's at a disadvantage or anything like that you're literally starting on a new slate because you've both never had sex together so you have to learn each other and you have to be willing to be mutually submissive to each other literally you're working for her good she's working for your good and together you get you guys will get some um and then when you've worked through these issues with somebody who can who's wiser older a male preferably counselor than for you because man to man then you can also work together on these things in your um marriage counseling together then I want to talk about this topic of sexual compatibility. I really believe it's a myth. I really do. The whole concept of sexual compatibility assumes that you find somebody that you guys get, get along together, your bodies like each other, your intensity of wanting sex matches your intensity of wanting sex, and then you're good. It's false. Because if that was the case, everybody's marriage would be good if they were having good sex. But like people are out here who have had good sex for years and suddenly they're no longer having good sex and then they go out and cheat or they have dead bedrooms. The stories are bound on Reddit and I know you're on Reddit because this question came from Reddit. It's not true that sexual compatibility stays through the years because sex drive changes throughout your life. And you have to know that um, sex drive ebbs and flows based on what's going on in life. Um, for men and for women, literally when you're being stressed at work, 
when you're having children with the physical nature of childbirth that causes some women to lose the libido to the drive to have sex for a really long time not just the six weeks they recommend but like some people are not able to have sex up to a year after um childbirth because they just lose the interest and also because physically things feel different um they may be drier or they may also just be more tired because taking care of a child is a lot so what are you going to do during those times? But also physiological changes, um, physical changes, diabetes, sicknesses of all sorts, stress can affect your sex drive and your willingness to have sex. So like, don't think that it's just, it's just uh, static. Sex, sex, sexual compatibility is not static. And through the years, there are ebbs and flows. So really, your best bet is to marry somebody who is kind, who is patient, who is loving, who shares a mutual attraction with you. Um, you like them, they like you, and you're both willing to work on gaining attraction again, rebuilding attraction, working on your sex life. When issues arise, you're both willing to work and fix these things. And I know that this concept of associating work and sex, they feel like they're at loggerheads, but sometimes you have to work for these things. You have to set time apart to have sex sometimes. Sometimes you have to get babysitters. Sometimes you have to um, realize that the issues you have in the bedroom are actually coming from somewhere else. So dealing with those issues as well, finances, um, stress, anxiety at work. Yeah, so it takes work. So sexual compatibility is a myth in the sense that, yes, you need some basic level of attraction to have sex with each other and enjoy it. But that attraction ebbs and flows all through the years and doesn't stay static. So it's going to require work anyway. And your best bet is to marry somebody who is into you personally, and not just sexually, like into you as a person, and not just sexually. And then you talk about this idea of her not being attracted to you, like that she might be asexual. I think it's very interesting because people have different levels of tolerance towards sexual activities, especially when you're a Christian and you know that you're not supposed to have sex before marriage. So and as someone who has had a sexual past, you should know this. You should know that um, it's not really wise to keep the keep going near fire and not expecting to get burned. So maybe you guys have really strict boundaries and that's why you're not sure that she's attracted to you. Um, in many ways, it's like, why should you awaken sexual urges before you can do anything about it? Why do you want to like do intense, passionate makeouts if you can't really go beyond that? So I don't know what your boundaries have been, but if the idea is that you've not been having as much um, sexual activities, then good for you. Get the wedding date closer, it's coming and marry and you'll be all right but also realize that conservative families have been training people for years to suppress sexual urges and this is unfortunately not the greatest because on one hand you have to balance knowing that sex is to be honored and it's a sacred thing that we say for marriage but you also have to have a healthy approach towards it so that is something that you can start to talk about in conversations to understand where they're where they're at with that you know what purity culture has meant to them and it is not a bad thing to hold sex in high honor and to not really be touching it but the other thing is you have to be careful so that you don't ex you're not subconsciously believing that sex is bad because it's not and you it's really hard to make that switch from sex is bad to okay now sex is good and I'm, I'm ready to be having it in marriage so those are the things you should be talking through in conversations with your fiance you've gotten to the fiance level so I think you can start to bring up these deep conversations and know if you're on the same page 
I'm going to talk about sex expectations and how to have these conversations, questions to actually talk about in a minute. But I want to read this experience of somebody who I just thought was really, really helpful um, to share how even when you come from a conservative background, you can still have a positive, healthy attitude towards sex. Okay. So this person says, all I can do is share my personal experience in response to this um, person who wrote in. Hopefully it helps. My husband and I have been married one year. I was a virgin and he had one sexual partner about 10 years prior. I was 25 and he was 28 when we got married. We never kissed before we got married. And I knew without a doubt that we would be all right sexually after marriage. So yes, I'm a bit concerned with this idea that you're not sure that she's attracted to you because you know when somebody's attracted to you. Like, hugs are fun, everything. Anyways, let me keep reading. It is honestly a lot less about sex itself and it's more about communication, trust, and character. And I 100% agree that, like, you should know when you're attracted to somebody and it's not just about sex. It's Attraction is be- is more than sex. My husband always respected my boundaries and never pushed against them. That is true of physical boundaries as well as emotional comfort zone stuff, ETC. He did gently challenge me when I put up boundaries that were over the top, but never to the point of getting his own way. Because of this, I knew that I could trust him to always listen to me, even the most intimate situation. So basically she's saying that you have conversations about things, you disagree, you see how they handle them and you, you start to gain trust and you're able to be more confident about talking about things about what you want in bed, what you don't want. And it's building that culture of having honest conversations, which is very important in really having a good sex life because you're going to need to give each other feedback, good and bad. Okay. My husband respected my opinions and took my ideas while we were dating. That showed me that it wouldn't be his way or the highway in bed either. Very excellent points because like you need to be able to trust that you can be free and your real self with this person. There's this maddening statistic that 60% of women fake orgasms and that's because they probably are not comfortable enough to share what's that. It's actually not that good. So even you that you think you're doing well and you've had sexual experience, you don't know if the women have been satisfied. So again, there's still work to do with this partner. We talked openly about our expectations for intimacy after marriage. Even though I was a virgin, I had a pretty good idea of my sex drive and how often I would be in the mood. And I think this is such a good point here. It's such a good point because I too, before marriage, knew exactly that I was not asexual by any means. There are certain times of the month where women are hornier than others. You know the struggles you've had with putting up boundaries against, you know, movies you're watching, about pornography, about even boundaries in dating because sex drive doesn't automatically just turn on when you're married. It's always there while you're single as well. So nobody, if you're asexual, you would have known now. So I don't think you've had these conversations to really get to the heart of the the heart of the matter with your fiance and you can talk about you know their sexual expectations as well and i'm going to give you actual questions but just let me finish reading this so we talked openly about sex even though we're i was a virgin i had a good idea of what my sex drive would be and how often i would be in the mood we also discussed things like what if i'm not in the mood you know very great point because you're not always in the mood at the same time even when you're both into sex I personally decided that if he's in the mood when I'm not, I want to serve him in, in, in that way anyways. But say your fiancé doesn't feel that way, you'd want to know, right? So this is why you have to have those conversations about what happens if one of us is not in the mood. This is the stuff you can talk about before you get married. And if your conversation reveals that you have seriously different expectations for intimacy, well, you're not married yet. So you have a chance to um, back out and or walk through them. So this is a good question that you're asking now. You can evaluate whether you'll be able to healthily compromise 
obviously it doesn't get into a level of detail that brings up temptation. That's true because you're not married yet. So it's very interesting that you have to balance having these conversations now and knowing what, you know, engaging your response, but also just doing it in a way that you're not mm, awakening unhealthy feelings. As for chemistry, I greatly enjoyed his hugs. I didn't need smooshies or wandering hands to know that I would be, I would welcome his touch after the wedding. And I really think this is the case. Like, you would, if you enjoy each other, you would enjoy holding hands. Little things like brushing shoulders against each other you can feel like electricity is going all over your body. You would know if you if there was chemistry. So if that is lacking now, maybe that's a serious concern that you should be flagging to whoever your counsellors are and walking through them together. And if you decide that this is something that you really, it's not feeling right um, based on everything that you have. It doesn't feel like it's walkable. You can't walk through it either. Because there is there are things you can do to work through it. Anyways, and this person actually interestingly they say that like not only did they like they got married, this person that was writing in response to the original writer, and then they got COVID. So basically, for six months in their marriage, his libido was off because he was recovering from COVID. So look at one of the things I was saying about how sexual drive ebbs and flows. Sickness can happen. COVID can happen, which is a temporary thing. And he, she says like now they've they're back to having sex and sex only became really great after six months when his body was back to normal they both had covid but like he's libido took a greater hit all to say that sexual um, compatibility ebbs and flows and you cannot really expect it to be the same way there are many many things that affect it and you should be ready to if you're in a long-term relationship you're ready to go through marriage in all of the seasons and you're not expecting it to just be smooth sailing all the time there are times where things are really great there are times where they're mad there are times where it's like okay let's do some work to get things back to normal now how to talk about sex expectations here are a few questions and thought starters but i'm also going to give you book recommendations so you can go out there and find more resources yourself my aim is never to like i'm not god i don't have all the answers i'm here to be a guide to help you know more and then give you resources to learn even more so let's get into it Sit down and ask questions around who will initiate sex. Some women don't believe in initiating sex at all, which is not very healthy because you're essentially putting the responsibility, all responsibility on the man. But if that's how it works in your household and you're both good with it, then you have to talk about it because that means she has to wait even if she's honey to 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 have sex. And you might have to deal with rejection sometimes. Anyways, talk about who will initiate sex and how often, you know. The point of this is to, you might, if you're not done it before, you don't know, but it's to kind of see how they're thinking about it. Nobody's in a, a blank slate. So many things have influenced us, our families, movies, friends, ideologies from everywhere that we know we have ideas of this thing. So the point of these questions are to bring the answers that we have in our minds to, to the surface so that you know and you're working together on shared expectations instead of this person thinks this, you think this, and you don't know, and then you clash. Anyways, talk about what are your expectations for sex in marriage, you know, aside from who initiates and how often, you know, is this, are we willing to try different styles? What happens if um, one person is in the mood and the other person is not? Things like that are super duper important to to have conversations about. And like I said, regardless of whether or not you're a virgin, you know about your sex drive it exists already as a single person so have these conversations um what happens and how would we address situations where work stress childbirth influence our, our ability to have sex because this is a very real thing 
um, if you're going to have children, not just the season of childbirth, but even just the season of children growing up can be a lot of work. What do we do in those seasons? How can we make sure that our sex life is not suffering? What happens if finances are influencing us? You know, things like this. You don't necessarily need to have all the answers yet, which is very important because you don't know what you don't know as well when you're getting into marriage. But their responses, the way they react, they help you get that information that you need. Um, it can lead to further questions, you know. Maybe one of these questions reveals that, you know what, I'm kind of nervous about having sex because X, Y, Z happened in my past and maybe he never came up. And now you have to, to walk through that and deal with that. I was reading the story of someone who was sexually abused for all the years of her childhood by their chef. And when it came to time to marry, like she was too nervous to have sex. Like it just, it didn't, it, it wasn't that she was afraid of her husband, but like the memory was so triggering and did not end up having sex until like six months after the wedding. It's a big deal. And I feel like something like that should have been dealt with in counseling, but maybe you can't really deal with it entirely until you get to the experience of it. And maybe those six months were going to have happened anyways without with counseling or without counseling. But it's helpful for you to know that because instead of being frustrated, then you can be empathetic towards their needs and be supportive in the way that you need to be. Um, yeah. So this is not as hard as you think. Reflect on your relationship so far to gather information about your sexual chemistry. Um, but also realize that you're kind of constrained at the moment because you have not yet started to express, you are not started to have sex. So you don't know. It's not also just about this idea of PVI, penis inside vagina, or it's it's like everything else as well, like touching each other, how you speak to each other, the friendship you have with each other, all of that, everything that happens in the bedroom also feeds into what happens. Everything that happens outside the bedroom also feeds into what happens in the bedroom. So it's a full picture that you have to consider. Um, as long as both of you have the attitude of putting each other's needs and desires first, you both seek to honor God through sex, which means that like you're committed to each other, you're committed to mutually submitting to each other, you're committed to um, loving and honoring each other's bodies with your words, with your thoughts. If one of you gains weight and you're finding it difficult to be attracted to each other, the way you communicate that is done in an honoring way and you actually take steps to help each other to get better. Um, you 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 will realize that you can figure out most of the things. If you're both open to learning, because you don't know everything, this podcast is a way you're learning, but books are also a good way to learn. If you're both open to learning and having fun, there's really not that much that you can't walk through. Um, you're also open to knowing each other's boundaries and respecting them or gently nudging them. Sometimes you can say, how about we try something once? And then if you don't like it, then you go stop. But maybe you'll find that you like it, stuff like that. So honestly, make sure you both have a positive, godly attitude towards sex. Positive meaning that we know that a lot of jargon has been taught about sex in the church and we haven't gotten it right all the time. But now you, you have the chance as an adult to unlearn some things and relearn new things and then talk about any reasons why you might want to withhold sex some people believe that when they are fasting there should not be sex and some people can fast for 90 days so what's going to happen in those situations so now is a good time to talk about things like that you know what are we going to allow in the bedroom dirty talk toys or not different things like outdoor sex sex in the workplace or what is too much for us Everybody has their own boundaries. And some of these things are not hard. In fact, these things are not necessarily written in the Bible. So 
you're going to have to walk through them with the help of the Holy Spirit. And I know that sounds weird, but it's not weird. Ask the Holy Spirit for help in every area, including the bedroom. Thoughts on porn and masturbation in marriage. Because the desire to look at porn or to masturbate or to even be attracted to other people does not end because you're now being, having sex in marriage. Because of those ebbs and flows, seasons where things are down, you're, you're also still vulnerable to some of the old habits. So talk about those things and then even talk about things you would do to safeguard your your the sexual purity in your marriage. Like, will you talk about these things? Um, how do you repent of it? How do you believe? What do you believe about scheduling sex? Or do you always have to be spontaneous sex? And like, come to an agreement about these things. Sometimes you think you know, and then you get into it and you realize why people have been scheduling sex and then you're also allowed to change your mind um so this is a lot that you can learn and i think that some of these things will come up again in premarital counseling so i'm a very big fan of structured premarital counseling and it really does help to um get to know what each of you's preferences are now some final words that i want to leave it's not like marriage marriage is not and sexual compatibility is not a gamble it's just that there's a lot that happens that feeds into whether or not you'll be able to have good sex life if you're able to communicate honestly about sex and agree to both be truthful to each other it will go a long way you will give positive feedback while you're in the acts grunts and comments and nudges and putting their hands in places it will help you but then even after not necessarily like a debrief but like later on when things are normal you can bring these things up and you really have to be able to be naked and unashamed if you really want this to work out properly gain the confidence that your partner is attracted to you so if all if through all these conversations and through this whole podcast you have found you have not you're not still confident that your partner is attracted to you then it's worth taking a step back and evaluating together and you know literally directly asking are you attracted to me and like i don't feel like you are attracted to me because xyz and let them address it as well and see what happens because you are going to be with this person for the rest of your life. So it's important to start by being attracted to each other so you can continue to build on that and um, you don't enter marriage with already a deficit of attraction. Be loving outside of the bedroom as well. It's important to not just, you know, be nice and loving when it's only time to have sex because nobody wants to be used. So learn how to build a friendship like this person in real life and enjoy their company and it will go a long way to helping you have a good sex life. If sexual compatibility was all that, we know that divorces will not be as rampant. Cheating will not be as rampant. People are having amazing sex in their relationships and still going out. So it's important for you to be committed to the person you're choosing and committed to doing the work to get better over the years as well. Work on safeguarding your, your heart from porn, from attraction to others, because these things can still stay a temptation as you go. And then... In the spirit of being committed to learning, here are some book recommendations I think you should check out. This book got recommended to me when I was getting married. I found it, it was helpful, but um, it had to Christian. But again, two of my friends who were also being married at that time liked it. And they found it to be just right. So I'm passing it along to you. Intended for Pleasure by it's by um, Ed Wheat and Gay Wheat. And the subtitle is Sex Technique and Sexual Fulfillment in Christian Marriage. It's called Intended for Pleasure. So check it out. Other books I have heard about, um, I actually listened to a podcast by the authors and it seemed pretty good. Married Sex by Gary Thomas and Deborah Filetra. It's good to check out. Um, 
this book i recommend with caution extreme caution it was a this next one i'm about to talk about it's called a guide to getting it on unzipped it was a textbook i used in one of my classes and um it's very explicit and it sometimes it can get crass but i i found it most thorough in talking about getting ready for first time sex having these conversations about about sex I referred to it quite a bit in the first six months of marriage and the months leading up to marriage as well. I haven't checked it out recently. Um, but I still think, I think it might be a bit too much for a lot of people, but it's still a helpful book. So that's Guide to Getting It On. Um, if you're not so much into books and you want more podcasts and resources, check out boundless.org. It is a Christian organization that talks about faith, adulthood, relationships, lots of relationship questions like this, and I'm sure you can get help there. And if you don't already have a counselor, personnel, like a mentor that you can go to and also joint married counselors, strongly recommend it. And the final one, and maybe I gave you the most important part of this, ask the Holy Spirit for help. The Holy Spirit is literally called a helper, also called a counselor. There is nothing that he cannot help with, even sex, even learning your wife, even knowing how to communicate to your husband, even knowing what to do to be better, even supplementing for your weaknesses maybe yeah one minute person literally you can ask the Holy Spirit for help in every area and he can guide you to resources he can counsel you he can tell you mm, this book leave it and there's a lot of help available to us and I'm praying that God will help you and you and your mar- your wife hopefully things work out will have a lovely marriage and if you have listened to this episode because you've been wondering about this as well and you found any of this helpful it was streaming on my channel as well for point culture on youtube and it is on every podcast platform if you're listening on youtube spotify it's an apple podcast it's on everywhere you get your music and your podcast and please leave me a rating i want to hear from you what was helpful what do you agree about what do you think "Mm, i don't know about that one and what would you add to this advice on somebody who's looking for ways to learn about sexual compatibility gauge sexual compatibility before getting married it's been excellent talking to you today. I love that when we I love when people take the effort to prepare before marriage. Prepare. That's the point of preparation. So kudos to you for preparing and realizing that you need to learn when you don't know, you can't seek knowledge. And I pray that God will give you all the wisdom you need to navigate your marriage. May we all have awesome sex lives and um, find joy in the partners that we marry. Until next time, it was great chatting with you. And I'm your host, Fokpo Nkwacha of the DFOPC podcast, a podcast that aims to equip you to know better and love better. See you next time. Bye.